Welcome, you guys. This is the American Shoreline Podcast, Flagship's show. My name is Peter Ravella. I'm the co-host of the show. And I'm Tyler Buckingham. I am the other co-host of the show. And uh, we are so glad to be back on. Uh, the, the American Shoreline Podcast is going to be the flagship show of the American Shoreline Podcast Network. You'll hear from us every Monday morning starting, well, starting this week, we did the first show. And what we're going to do every week is give you an update on breaking news. We're going to talk about what is coming up on the American Shoreline Podcast Network, and we're going to cover subjects that are timely and uh, relevant to what's going on in coastal news today. And, uh, for those of you who are new to the show, Coastal News Today is the website home of the American Shoreline Podcast Network, and uh, we're really looking forward to having Coastal News Today fully up and running at the uh, end of uh, September and early October. So we'll be keeping you abreast of that as we go forward. Absolutely, and uh, we have an exciting show planned for you today, uh, but first... Let's have a quick word from our sponsor. That's right. You know, I think one of the great things about the early uh, development of the American Shoreline podcast show is our sponsorship from ASBPA. And ASBPA, I think many of the listeners knows know is the American Shoreline, uh, the the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association. It is one of the national organizations uh, dedicated to coastal issues in America. Uh, what uh, we're happy to tell you is we are going to be at the ASBPA conference coming up this fall. Absolutely, and you should be there too. Uh, this conference is going to run from October 30th through November 2nd. Uh, truly one of the, the highlights of our year, and I know for so many people that attend, uh, this is a can't-miss conference. It really is. Uh, it is in Galveston, Texas. It'll be at the Galveston Island Convention Center, a, a really great venue on the seawall, first class in every respect. A couple of highlights of the conference we'd like to tell you about. Well, there's over 200 presentations and posters, posters that cover pretty much every coastal topic. Uh, there's, of course, a field trip. The great thing about these uh, ASBPA conferences, Peter, is that you really get a flavor of the local beach and the local shore that you are on. Yeah, I, I, you know, I know uh, the short course, which will be on Tuesday, October 30th, and it's an all-day event for those of you who want to get close and personal with Galveston, is a two-part uh, day course with... Uh, Ruben Trevino, the uh, operations director for the Galveston Park Board of Trustees, he runs the beaches for the city and county of Galveston. Uh, Ruben is going to be doing a tour and talking about the complexity of beach operations. I think that's a great way to spend the morning on September, I mean, October 30th. And then all through the afternoon, there's a, there's a second class coming up on the afternoon of the 30th. And of course, we can't skip over the uh, networking possibilities at ASBPA. After a day of the awesome presentations, it's always great to, to meet up with all the other conference goers and talk about what you learned. And uh, man, we look forward to it. We will, we will of course, be there. Uh, Coastal News Today and the American Shoreline Podcast Network will be active. We will have a booth for Coastal News Today. We will be podcasting. 
and just can't wait. It's going to be really good. I think three shows will originate and be uh, released during the conference. Uh, we're going to sit down with the executive director of ASBPA, that's Derek Brockbank, and we are also going to sit down with the keynote speaker for the conference, and we'll wrap it up on the third night with a a show that uh, brings together the participants of the conference to talk about the highlights and uh, some of the presentations. It's, it's going to be a great time in Galveston, and we sure hope to see everybody there at the ASBPA conference. We sure hope to see it. And to register, ASBPA.org. There is a student rate for the young folks out there who uh, can't want to attend. Um, early registration deadline is September 29th. If you register for the conference by that deadline, you'll save $50. And we'd encourage you to uh, get, get on ready. the list. Get, get on, on the list. list. Get Pay on the, the fee. List. Get there. It's get, well worth it. Get to Galveston. So we want to thank ASBPA for being an early con uh, sponsor of this show and uh, the American Shoreline Podcasting Network. So, uh, Tyler, three topics we want to go over today, and here's what you're going to hear today on the show. Today we're going to take a few minutes to introduce uh, some of our new shows that will be coming to ASPN. Uh, we're also going to take a quick moment to go over the 2018 hurricane season, which is uh, beginning to heat up. And of course, uh, we're going to look into a couple stories that I'm following very closely from my podcast, The Beach Shack, on coastal real estate. Right. And I think uh, we haven't explained much about what ASPN is going to be, but we'd like to try to do that today. ASPN is a collection of shows dedicated to the subject matter of the American shoreline. Uh, we are going to have, uh, I believe, more than 10 shows on the network, and those shows will be appearing over the fall. Um, we're really excited about the variety of shows that we're putting together and the quality of the hosts that we have. You're going to hear from uh, great professionals and practitioners on the coast, people who really know the inside of topics ranging from shore, uh, excuse me, port and waterway operations to real estate to hospitality and tourism, coastal advocacy, coastal access and enjoyment of the shoreline. We've got some great shows and some great hosts. And we really should begin by introducing our show uh, on recreation and enjoyment hosted by our good friend Rob Nixon of South Padre Island, Texas. His show is called The Next Swell, and Peter, it's going to be killer. Yeah, I, I tell you, when we talked to Rob over the course of this year about hosting a show on ASPN, I think it was, uh, uh, I was particularly thrilled when he agreed. Uh, Rob Nixon is a fantastic uh, guy. He's a member of the National Surfrider Board. He has worked on coastal access issues for a couple of decades now. He's down in South Padre, down in deep South Texas. And uh, Rob also uh, serves on the Shoreline Task Force for the city of South Padre Island. He's a real expert in coastal development, permitting, and regulation. He is a surfer and uh, he runs the uh, uh, he runs the carnival in South Padre, the the permanent uh, uh, you know uh, 
that, well, it's the it's the it's the local it's car the gravity park. park. It's, it's, the gra- it it's the gravity park, it's not the carnival. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rob it's, will shoot me. It's the gravity park. So next time you're in South Padre, and I, I've done the gravity park, and uh, they've got a really really cool uh, uh, go kart course. Uh, Drive on. And anyway, Rob Nixon's show, The Next Swell, is going to cover uh, coastal use and enjoyment of the coast. And it really, it, it sounds simple, like, boy, I guess we're going to the beach to build sandcastles. No, we're talking about the policy implications of access and development, the difficult uh, reconciliation of user rights along the shoreline. Rob's been doing it for decades. He's going to be a great host. I'm so glad he's on ASPN. We are uh, so fortunate to have him hosting The Next Swell. Rob has a natural curiosity for everything coastal. And uh, as you said, he's a surfer. He loves to be out there splashing in the water and enjoying the waves. So he'll bring a special sense of coastal enjoyment to that show, along with the technical expertise that you can uh, come to expect on our network, and we just can't be more excited for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I can't skip this. I, I have to tell you, um, Rob's got a couple of sons, uh, young guys who are, he's teaching to surf. They're already very good surfers, and uh, they also play hockey. Uh, <laughs> Rob is a huge, huge fan of the Washington Capitals, uh, and his sons participate in champion. a hockey. They, yeah, champion. they champion Washington Capitals, and Rob's kids participate in the South Texas Youth Hockey League. And who knew that there was hockey in deep South Texas, but that's the kind of guy Rob is. He's, he's really a, a, a great guy, and I think he'll be a great host. You have to imagine you have to drive a few miles to uh, find a good rink yeah. down there in, yeah. in the South Country. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, another show here that we're really excited about. Um, we already mentioned our partnership uh, with ASBPA. Uh, their executive director, Derek Brockbank, will be hosting the Capitol Beach podcast. Yeah, this is uh, really an important show. Uh, we're going to have two shows originating from Washington, D.C. on federal coastal policy. Rob, as the executive director of I mean, Derek, and as the executive director of ASBPA, is uh, deeply involved in what happens in Congress. Uh, at the federal level regarding federal shoreline investment, federal shoreline policy, uh, FEMA, and a variety of significant issues that impact coastal communities all along the American shoreline. Uh, Derek is one of, uh, is just a great pro, and uh, I'm looking forward to the kinds of discussions and the access to people uh, in power in D.C. that he's going to bring on that show uh, is going to be a great resource for everybody out there, whether you're a city uh, council member or a mayor of a barrier island community or a port operator, because the federal government has a lot to do with what happens on the American shoreline. And Derek will be covering that beat for us on the Capitol Beach podcast. It's going to be awesome. Uh and of course, Derek will be joining us uh, on a on this podcast from the conference night one. Uh, we very much look forward to to having him on then mm-hmm. and uh, frequently. You know, Derek Derek is a good friend of ours, and uh, the work that he's doing there in Washington D.C. is uh, second to none when it comes to advocating for the coast. So, right. 
uh, we are just thrilled that he's going to be working with us. Yeah. Uh, show number three that I want to introduce is Tyler's show called The Meat my Shack. Show. <laughs> it's my show. You know, yeah. co- coastal real estate, both the ownership and development and use of uh, the land along the shoreline is a incredibly complicated topic. And uh, I think, Tyler, you're going to be a great uh, guide through that topic. Well, everybody that knows me knows that I am not a real estate agent, uh, but I am truly interested in this world. So I'm going to... Uh, approach this podcast as a student. I'm going to go find uh, the greatest minds in coastal real estate and talk to them about what is making it shake. Uh, What are the highest markets right now, the hottest markets? What are the coldest? What's moving these trends? Uh, I'm going to talk about my experience growing up, uh, going to a family beach house, which was near and dear to me, but I know very well the anxiety that having coastal property can can create. Uh, there's always the threat of flooding and storms, and you're right there on the edge. So uh, this is a podcast for all you coastal property owners or prospective coastal property owners that want to know what you're getting into. Uh, I'm also going to explore uh, the way short-term renting is affecting coastal communities. And if you are airbnb being or short-term renting your coastal property, how to maximize uh, your return on that and how to do it responsibly and as a good neighbor. Yeah, there's just so much to talk about in the coastal real estate subject area, both in terms of individual property owners, the condominium association uh, community in Florida is massive. We're going to try to work to, to speak to them, but we're also looking at the investment side of this and the economics and the policy considerations that go with coastal real estate. Um, a huge issue of course, is the, uh, the the variable rights between private property ownership, the constitutionally protected property rights of, of shorefront owners, and the public's right to access. And uh, this is a really, and I think I mentioned it in the last show, really complicated area. And I, I find fascinating as someone who, who uh, administered one of these uh, coastal management programs for a state I, uh, at the state of Texas, but the, the but the real estate show, uh, the Beach Shack, is going to be a, a a really great show to listen to. Whether you're an owner, an investor, or a prospective buyer, or looking at the economy of the American shoreline, uh, I'm sure we're going to get into taxes somewhere in the Beach oh, Shack. Absolutely, and uh, taxes and flood insurance. Oh my gosh, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, it will be fun. Uh, the beach check. So, so glad, Tyler, you're going to be hosting that show. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, Peter. Uh, the fourth show we wanted to introduce you to today, and we're only going to go about halfway down the list of shows uh, in this podcast, but another one that I'm really looking forward to listening to and am thrilled about is Michael Poff's show called Podcast for Building Better Beaches. I love it. The acronym or the, or the initials for this show is P4B Cubed, uh, podcast for building better beaches. Michael Poff, president of, consultant, of, of Coastal Engineering Consultants from Naples, Florida, a real experienced coastal, coastal engineer and uh, somebody who is, I think, expert in shoreline restoration engineering and really looking forward to hearing from Michael Poff. Michael... Peter is so darn skilled at taking complex engineering theory 
and distilling it into uh, a description that the layperson can understand. He's not afraid to go and tackle any any of the uh, complex subject matter that exists in right. that realm. The controversies. Absolutely. The debates. Uh, Absolutely. And, and being a practitioner in Florida, of course, he's pretty much seen it all. He uh, has. Of course, we're talking about sand sourcing, permitting, uh, reef mitigation, right? Uh, erosion control line issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are in any way familiar with the world of beach renourishment and trying to maintain shorelines through engineering methods, uh, this show will interest you. Indeed. I think this is another one where... Uh, the target audience is broad, but the folks who uh, manage beaches for our coastal communities, the cities and counties, uh, and the ports and waterway operators, uh, this is a, a chance to listen to a great professional and to get a perspective on how these issues are tackled, what the considerations are. Uh, there isn't one answer to how to manage uh, the dynamic uh, shorelines that we all live and work on, and Michael's going to explore that topic from a variety of perspectives. I know he's going to have great guests on there, and I'm really looking forward to Michael Hoff's show, podcast for Building Better Beaches, P4B Cubed. I'm so happy to have Michael on ASPN. Absolutely, and and you know when we when we were thinking about what shows we wanted to bring to the network, we knew that we would need to cover tourism and hospitality. We knew that was a massive and and critically important component to understanding uh, beachfront communities. And uh, we're excited to announce actually two shows to fill that slot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our first show is with Dan Martin. Yeah. uh, Tourism and hospitality is one of the driving industries of the coast. I think in the last show, we talked a little bit about uh, the recent study in AS in Shore Beach Magazine, the uh, Journal of the American Shore and Beach uh, uh, Preservation Association, on the economics of Florida beaches. It is a stunning industry, and we all, I think, overlook it a little bit because, as I've said, uh, it it suffers a little bit from what I call the Hawaiian shirt syndrome, and uh, it's the lack of seriousness economically and. Uh, politically sometimes that this subject area gets. Um, when we think of the beach and tourism, we think of, I think, at least I think of uh, Hawaiian shirts, flip-flops, uh, beach balls, beach balls and margaritas, umbrellas, umbrellas and, and uh, people just taking it easy. Um, that is all true, but it also happens to be a massive economic sector with a massive uh, implication for coastal the coastal economy and what can be done and the facilities that can be done that uh, should be provided there. So the first show, Dan Martin show. Dr. Dan Martin. Dr. Dan Martin have market and feasibility advisors out of Chicago, Illinois. Dan is an expert on, on tourism recreation economics. Uh, uh, Dan has worked for and advised coastal communities all over the world, in fact, and even inland areas on recreational economics. I think Dan is going to be a great addition to American Shoreline Podcast Network. No doubt. I mean, his portfolio working on uh, development projects all over uh, the world, in fact, uh, 
and certainly all over the American shoreline, um, we're talking about attractions uh, such as parks, and we're talking about attractions such as water parks. so he parks, he, water parks, uh, zoos. He works on trail systems. He absolutely. works on all of the kind of facilities that boat ramps, boat ramps, and uh, you know Dan is is one of the guys that is often brought in uh, either by private sector investors or public uh, um, entities that are trying to make significant investment decisions along the shoreline. And uh, the wisdom and economics of those decisions is a complicated calculation. Dan can walk us through that. And uh, we, 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 we sure wish we had uh, a little bit more about the name of Dan's show. I'd love to know the name. He's been in Saudi Arabia working on the national park system for the nation of Saudi Arabia. And <laughs> it's been a little hard to reach, but... We're looking forward to having Dan on ASPN. We will uh, get that show named soon, uh, and it, he, he promises to be a great host, a great show. Um, but we wanted to round out the other half of this tourism and hospitality area. We know that this is a, just a critically important area that we're all very interested in. Dan, Ph.D., has a, uh, is a master of the theoretical economy, uh, we wanted to get somebody, though, who was actually promoting uh, a specific area, and we found the perfect host. I really think so. Uh, uh, Marlis Oster is the CEO and president of the Ventura, California Visitors and Convention Bureau. Uh, she grew up in, in Texas. She grew up in Houston. Uh, she's a, she's a, she hails from the coast and is responsible for the development of the tourism trade in in the Ventura area. And uh, having that local perspective and that local government expert in our tourism and hospitality uh, sector, I think is going to add another dimension to the discussions that we're going to have on ASPN. Absolutely. I mean, she is actively promoting uh, the economic development of and, and tourism of Ventura uh, she's been doing this for years, but now is an especially interesting time for Ventura as uh, it was just impacted by the Thomas fire last year. So the community is looking to uh, kind of use the spur a little bit to get the economy running. And uh, it'll be great to have Marlis document that story for us and share with us what's working, what isn't, mm-hmm. and uh, share some best practices, chat with some of her colleagues from around the country. Right. Uh, this will be a great show that I uh, don't want to miss at all. Uh, it is going to be great. And so these are really give you a flavor of the shows that are going to be on ASPN. Uh, the Next Well with Rob Nixon from South Padre Island. Uh, the Capitol Beach podcast by Derek Brockbank from Washington, D.C., The Beach Shack on real estate, Tyler Buckingham from right here in Austin, Michael Poff from Naples, Florida, with the Building Better Beaches engineering podcast, a couple of tourism and hospitality shows. That is not the entire spectrum. There are about another six, and we'll be introducing you to those folks Uh, in the next edition of the American Shoreline Podcast flagship show. That's this show. Uh, We also are, over the course of September and in October, we're going to have the podcast hosts online with you, so you get a chance to hear from them directly. And uh, I just can't wait to to get these shows up and going. And uh, it's a lot of work, but, man, is it exciting. And introducing you all to these great hosts, I... 
you know, one of the one of the things that we're really trying to do with ASPN is foster a relationship between our hosts and you, our listening community. Uh, and we just can't wait to get these guys on your air. Yep. And I, I think I'm going to take a, a, a slight sidetrack here. I want to introduce uh, the listeners to uh, Max Miller, who is our audio engineer and uh, production assistant for ASPN. Max will be working with all of the podcast hosts on the technical uh, preparation and recording and production of the network shows. And uh, it's really great to have Max as part of ASPN. Welcome. Say hi, Max. Thanks a lot. Uh, but he, he's, he's not on a mic. So uh, Max, <laughs> our audio engineer, production assistant, going to do a great job for us. And uh, working with all of our podcast hosts to bring their shows to reality for you guys, the listeners. Well, uh, with that being said, Peter, what do you say we talk a little bit about the hurricane season that appears to be heating up? Whew. Yeah, I think... Um, for all of us coastal practitioners out there, and I think for all of the listeners that are the hurricane probably, season uh, starts in March. Take the time to, to, to find and listen to this this network and to follow Coastal News today. Uh, we all keep a weary eye on the hurricane season every year. The hurricane season starts in March and goes through October, the end of October. So we're reaching prime time of the hurricane season in America and in the Atlantic and Caribbean basin. Uh, the sea surface temperatures are heating up. Uh, the storms are coming across uh, from the African continent, and we're starting to see some shows, uh, storms brewing in, in the Atlantic uh, right now. Of course, last uh, week I referenced uh, the hurricane that uh, grazed Hawaii and mentioned that it had been relatively quiet. So, of course, as soon as uh, that's said, the Atlantic season began to heat up. We currently have... Well, of course, we had Gordon. We did. Uh, I guess earlier this week, uh, Hurricane, or last week, Hurricane Gordon hit the Gulf Coast. Uh, a mild hurricane, now a tropical depression up over, I guess, Louisiana, um, and probably by now getting up into Tennessee, but uh, a mild brush. Uh, but every time these storms are uh, forming and headed toward the coast, um, we all keep a wary eye, and I, I, we are going to cover hurricanes and storms on the American Shoreline Podcast Network and on Coastal News today, but we are not going to be the Weather Channel. We're not CNN. Um, there are no uh, raincoats with our logo on it and, you know, our folks standing out in 90-mile-an-hour uh, winds telling you that it's very windy and rainy. I, no offense to the folks who do that. I think it's a great thing, but... What we want to do is dig underneath the hurricane season and look at the policy and economic implications of these massive storms. Uh, right now, we've got a Category 3 storm headed toward Hawaii. Hurricane Olivia is, uh, is looking like it's online to impact Hawaii. And in the, uh, on the Atlantic side, Hurricane Florence is a Category 2 storm. It's still offshore of the Atlantic coast. We'll see what's happening and watch what's happening with uh, Florence as we go forward. But what I'm interested in doing on, on our coverage is really talking about the financial implications and the land use implications of this disaster-based uh, uh, funding programs that we've created in the United States. Billions of dollars move as a result of these hurricanes. If I was guessing, I would say right now, 
There's about a billion-dollar budget item spinning out in the Atlantic right now with Hurricane Florence. We don't know how it's going to play out. But every time these things form and head toward the American shoreline, we're talking about a lot of money, and we want to cover that. And, of course, the other thing we know is that even uh, you know the, the, the media coverage on these storms tends to be, uh, of course, sensational. Um, even a, uh, a, a very minor storm that parks off the coast of a, of a coastal community can cause extreme erosion damage. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to be keeping a close eye on these and keeping a close eye on, on all coastal storms, uh, but uh, wanted to take note that we were keeping an eye on them and uh, look forward to covering the 2018 season uh, and hope it's not too bad. Right. Of course, we're wishing everybody well, and we do want to get through this season quietly. Um, I would love to have the director of the National Hurricane Center on ASPN every November to talk about the season, the hurricane season. If we could get, and we would love to work with the scientists over at the National Hurricane Center and others who study the storms, uh, both in terms of their frequency and intensity, but also the economics of disasters along the shoreline. Uh, that's the kind of coverage I think you'll hear on ASPN. And uh, let's hope for some quiet water between now and the end of October. Indeed. Uh, the third topic we wanted to introduce today and, and it is really deals with coastal real estate and a couple of, of really, in, I think, incredible studies that have been released recently. Uh, I want to talk about uh, how the coastal real estate market is changing and responding to, uh, well, sea level rise and shoreline uh, uh, changes in erosion tides. Uh, all of this stuff is really important for investors, developers, and local government officials who rely on the coastal property tax base to fund and underwrite uh, significant parts of their local government budget. Uh, the first study I want to mention and, and call to the attention of our listeners is it was, was recently released by the Union of Concerned Scientists. Yeah, and this was a really just striking uh, publication to read. Um, and I, Peter, when we were preparing for this show today, and I was uh, remembering back to last year's ASBPA conference, mm-hmm. um, we we gathered a bunch of people uh, outside the convention hotel and asked them what was the most striking thing that they learned during that convention, this was in 2017. Out in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Almost, almost to an individual, uh, the king tide focus was highlighted. Um, king tides are abnormally high, high tides that occur usually a few times a year. It's not a scientific term, uh, but what it suggested was that there was a higher frequency of nuisance or sunny day flooding mm-hmm. um, across the American shoreline and that this was, in fact, becoming such a, an issue that it was it was being talked about at the ASBPA conference. Right. And we were in F- Fort Lauderdale, an area in, in the uh, southeast coast of Florida where king tides are an actual management concern and are having economic implications for local governments and businesses and, and port waterway operators, homeowners. The... Uh, Union of Concerned Scientists report that we would like to call your attention to, and you can get the link 
on our Facebook page right now on Coastal News Today. Uh, the study is highlighted in the feed. You can click it there. But it's the Union of Concerned Scientists study underwater, rising seas, chronic floods, and the implications for the U.S. coastal real estate, for U.S. coastal real estate. It is a thorough analysis of something many of us are sort of familiar with, and that is the notion that the changing climate and potential increase in sea levels has significant economic implications for communities all around the American shoreline. Well, there are more than 300,000 of today's homes that this study uh, says will be at risk in 2045 uh, at a cost of $117.5 billion. So this is obviously something that will rise to the attention of us covering the shoreline. Um, What's really fascinating, though, is this idea that that people and, and real estate investment is beginning to show uh, the, the changes in investment behavior along shorelines. Uh, properties that are uh, closer to risk zones are losing value, and properties that are less risky are uh, increasing in value. And this will present a whole bunch of interesting socioeconomic issues along the shore, especially in parts of Florida, here in Texas, all, frankly, all over the American shoreline, where uh, it's been conventional wisdom that the highest, most valuable property was right there on the shoreline. Uh, more middle-income people and other people would live further away, and that's now starting to, to change. Shift. Starting to change. And I think the, the Union of Concerned Scientists report... It does. It, it, they've identified about 300,000 coastal homes around the United States, $117 billion in value that are at risk of chronic inundation in the next 17 years by 2045. Uh, what they point out is, is, is those risks are within the financing time frame for a 30-year mortgage. Uh, the real estate market is beginning to respond to those risks. Uh, that is on the residential side. The commercial real estate property side is also substantial, and that is just in the near term. So when we think about climate change or, we want, or people talk about sea level rise as some sort of theoretical possibility, uh, practitioners along the coast understand, and certainly the real estate market is beginning to understand and factor in, uh, what are the risks and the implications uh, financially, both for owners, investors, but also for all of the local governments and state governments that count on property tax revenue and hotel occupancy tax revenues uh, or accommodation taxes, the variety of, of uh, revenue streams that are tied to coastal property all around the United States. It's, it's, it's a subject we are going to cover closely on ASBN, and I'm, I'm really uh, glad that the uh, the Union of Concerned Scientists has, has put their energy behind a, a really good factual study that we'd encourage y'all to check out. And it, and it begs the question, what we do with the shoreline, how is this going to be managed? Um, you know, the, we mentioned on uh, the last episode of the show that uh, one of the things that interests us is this public-private property interface. Uh, interface. Yeah. And yeah. as this flooding becomes more common... And the seas, the sea level uh, moves inland, and it inundates more and more of what's currently dry land. Uh, will we allow the beach to move with it, or will we mm. armor? Yeah. Uh, of course, the the pr- benefits of armoring are to the private property owners with existing property. Uh, 
but it is at the detriment of public access and arguably uh, to the overall economic health of the coastal community. Yeah. So uh, this is definitely something that uh, the Union for Concerned Scientists has highlighted well and just can't be ignored. This is probably... Did we rank this number one? We, no, we had it. We have it number four, and we, I, and I, and the we list might left, need to we might need to amend. I, I still think our number four rating was good last show, and and because it is a it is a like I think over the next decade, uh, coastal shoreline change, the cost of responding, uh, sea level rise is going to be the most the most important issue on the American shoreline, but. We're just starting to see it happen, and it, I just want to mention the second study we wanted to call to your attention on mm-hmm. Coastal News today on the, our Facebook page. Uh, there is a posting of this study. I'd encourage you to take a look at it. This one's by a couple of very smart uh, researchers from Harvard University. The study is called Climate Gentrification from Theory to Empiricism in Miami-Dade County, Florida, uh, boy, this is a solid read, and it, and it really introduced me to something that I had not thought about before, and Tyler, you alluded to this earlier, is that how is the real estate market responding to mm-hmm. climate change and sea level rise? And this study is an in-depth analysis of what they're testing, which is called the elevation hypothesis versus what they're calling the nuisance hypothesis. Boy, that sounds pretty technical and researchy, doesn't it? But it's pretty simple. What is the rate of property value increase on shoreline communities, and is it correlated to the elevation of the property? That is the elevation hypothesis. What they tested was, are we seeing a differential increase in real estate values based on the elevation of the property? That's not a foreign concept. Because we all are familiar with the idea that real estate values are affected by proximity to the water. The waterfront properties are always the uh, most uh, valuable, we are generally told. And in this case, the physical characteristic isn't proximity to the water. It is now elevation. And what what the study finds is that the rate of increase in higher elevation uh, properties in coastal communities is increasing at a faster rate than proximity or other factors that drive real estate value. Um, I think for long-term investors, and I think we're already starting to see uh, how the real estate investment market, real estate investment trusts, uh, uh, institutional investors beginning to shift investments in real estate to areas of lesser risk, and I think this Harvard study really can take you through that. So for those of you in the real estate industry, climate gentrification from theory to empiricism in Miami-Dade County, Florida, find the study on the Coastal News Today Facebook page, and uh, great study, in-depth, deep dive. If we can, I'd love to have the authors of this study on the American Absolutely. Shoreline Podcast Network, I would love to have them on my show. In fact, uh, yeah. it would be it would be fitting. Um, reading here from the abstract, it says that uh, the findings support a validation of both hypotheses and suggest the potential existence of consumer preferences that are based in part on perceptions of flood risk and/or observations of flooding. 
these preferences and perceptions are anticipated to be amplified by climate change in a matter that reinforces the proposition that climate change impacts will affect the marketability and valuation of property. That yeah. is yeah. a major topic that we are looking we are, we are looking for empirical data that would suggest that people are beginning to uh, include the changing climate into their value assessments of coastal property and investment decisions and yeah uh, we're not asked we're not really getting to the subject matter of what climate change is or what causes it what we're looking for is how that issue is being factored into the real world in terms of real estate valuation and real estate investment the flip side of that analysis is going to include what is the what is going on in the in in the insurance market and how are insurance uh, providers responding to the increasing risks of uh, climate change and sea level rise we these are real world economic discussions these are not theoretical discussions uh, that's what we're going to be tracking on ASPN. And we look forward to it. It should be a fascinating thing. It really should. Um, so that gives you a flavor of the, the kind of subject we, subjects we intend to cover on ASPN through this expert panel of hosts. Um, we really look forward to um, interviewing all of our hosts, bringing them to you, uh, learning more about what their intentions are in the subject areas that they all practice in. Uh, the nice thing about having these professionals is we're not asking a general journalist to tell us that there are a lot of dead fish on the southeast coast of Florida or the southwest side of Florida. Uh, we want to explore in depth what the policy choices are that are underlying uh, these resulting uses and, and events on the American shoreline. So ASPN is a place for high-level conversation, a great place to learn and to explore areas of the coastal profession that you may not work in every day. Um, Tyler and I have had the benefit of, of working in a variety of coastal communities on a variety of different issues. We're real generalists. Uh, we've been expert in the development of, uh, for example, special property tax districts to support shoreline management programs or coastal parks. We've done coastal trails. We've done land conservation. We've done wetland permitting. We've done erosion response planning and land use planning. We've covered a lot of ground, and we've covered a lot of ground in different communities. And our experience from going place to place and from subject to subject is it is useful to understand the other silos and the other professions we're going to have export guides in each of those, Tyler, and I think that's going to be great for our listeners. Yeah, I mean, you learn so much from people who aren't in your same silo. Uh, I had the experience of going shore fishing on the Padre Island National Seashore a couple of summers ago. And uh, the way that works is you, that this is a, about a 60-mile-long uh, national seashore, so it's it's managed by the National Park System, and uh, it's a driving beach. The, really, the way that you access that 60 miles is to drive it, and when you're fishing, what you do is you, you get in the car, and you drive along the beach, and you're looking out, out over the water for, for birds kind of circling around over a bait ball, and you'll, you'll move quickly into that spot and cast your line out, 
and attempt to uh, catch some of the, the predatory fish that are eating the, the bait right. fish. And uh, in the course of doing this, I camped out a couple nights out there and got to know a couple of the regulars. Uh, one fella named Nick Meyer, who I, I'm hoping we can get on the show at least soon, is a, an English guy, immigrated to Texas, to America, now as a citizen, and he runs a small business manufacturing and, and inventing fishing tackle. Mm-hmm. Now, this man knows basically everything there is to know about that shoreline. He is not an engineer. He is not a scientist per se, but he is out there every day, and he is absolutely fascinated by the space and enjoys learning as much as he can about it and about the Texas shoreline. Uh, it just goes to show you how when you step out of your, your daily bubble and begin to experience other people's interface with the shore, you can learn a whole lot. Yeah, and it's a good reminder that we know that our listenerships, our listenership is primarily uh, going to be people who live, work, and reside in uh, along the American shoreline. And we also know and understand that although you may be a port director or maybe a, a tourism director or run a beach, that as a resident of the coast, you're probably also interested in the quality of life along the shoreline, what's going on in real estate, what's going on in recreational opportunities, what's going on in public rights versus private rights along the shore. We want to treat our listenership as people who live there and love the coast and are Mm -hmm. inspired in their professional choice to be working in and around the American shoreline. And that's why I think it's a matter of respect that we we start uh, ASPN with the notion that our listenership is not siloed. It is not simply going to be a group of people who are going to listen to the Ports and Waterways show and not care about the real estate show or the Capitol Beach podcast or what Rob Nixon says about access and uh, private rights versus public rights. Those topics matter to the community of the American shoreline. That's our listenership. And, uh, folks, I, I've said this before. It, there are 254 counties directly on the American shoreline representing a population of about 123 million people. It is a huge economy. The issues that we face on the American shoreline are interrelated, and uh, the ASPN and Coastal News Today are designed to really uh, explore that space, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I really can't wait to see the network up and going. It's been great to all of you who have liked and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you very much. If you have not done so already, please do. Um, you can also go to coastalnewstoday.com to our splash page and sign up for our newsletter uh, and stay up to date on everything coastal, everything we're covering. Right. So it about the end of about the end of September, we hope to have the full blown uh, news service up on coastalnewstoday.com. In the in the interim, we're existing in uh, social media platforms, getting used to social media, what we're going to bring forward on Facebook and Twitter, uh, and how we're going to use that platform. Uh, The full-blown news aggregation service will be at the end of September, as I said. And in the meantime, uh, we're going to be shaking the sand off our shoes and getting ASPN up and running and getting our our pod hosts uh, into the system. So, 
the big reveal, I think, is going to be at the ASBPA conference in Galveston, October 30th to November 2nd. And uh, listeners, go on online, uh, uh, coastalnewstoday.com, like us on Facebook, get your name on the list. You'll start getting every podcast in your email uh, box. So, Totter, I think uh, it's it's going to be a really great uh, experience to pull, put this together and, and to bring this uh, information out there to, to to the readers in all kinds of sectors I, on the American shore. I second that very much. It's been so much fun putting this together so far with uh, all these great hosts, working with you, Peter, working with Max over here, our uh, engineer. Um, this is going to be a... We are building this to be a lasting resource uh, for all of you out there working on the shoreline. So um, we couldn't be more thrilled about it. Well, thanks a lot, Tyler. And uh, we will keep working and look forward to seeing you all on the next edition of the American uh, Shoreline Podcast, our flagship show. Welcome to Coastal News Today and welcome to ASPN. Adios, everybody. Adios. Adios.